Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. I'm MC Anime. Today we have another special guest with us today. How are you doing today? I am doing alright. Um, yeah, my name is B. Gowner Jr. I'm the writer and creator of comic books titled The Nobodies and Return to Armageddon. I am also the co-host of the You're an Idiot podcast alongside my brother John. Um... You want me to go ahead and let people know where they could find me? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at the You're an Idiot PC, on Instagram and Facebook at the You're an Idiot Podcast, um, and anywhere where you get your podcasts. Okay. So, uh, today we're going to have a special topic of wrestling in general. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, explain the wrestling fandom, as we should say, so that's what we are talking about. Perfect. To start things off, we first have to identify which type of wrestling we're going to be uh, actually doing. That's the entertainment type piece of wrestling, not the actual game, the sport that we know in middle school or high school. Yeah, the Greco-Roman wrestling and... All, all that, yeah. So with wrestling, I know it has homages to the you know ancient Greek games and all that stuff. What does entertainment base make it different than of the typical wrestling that we know? Um, that's exactly it. You just hit the nail. Um, it's entertainment. Um, with the Greco-Roman, you know, it, it, it's all sport. There's there's rules, there's technique, and scoring. Um, obviously, pro wrestling is entertainment, so you get the uh, story aspect of it. You get, you know, a um, this uh, story told over a long period of time and a bunch of turns, um, and it's all spectacle, so... And we love it. And with the spectacle type wrestling, has it been more impactful in the sense that in recent decades it became more popular? Or has it always been there, just been waiting for its chance to be mainstream? I think that it has always been there. It's just that currently, I think... I think when when Vince McMahon took over the WWF, that's when it really transitioned in, into what you see today. I mean, Vince obviously had this vision, right? I mean, he he took these people that he saw on the independents and he started scooping them up and turned them into superstars. He made them, you know, he made the public very aware of these of these people, you know, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, Buddy Piper. I mean, before that, you just kind of saw them wrestling on these independent territories back then, and now they're household names, right? Yeah. And uh, for anyone that doesn't know, um, when you're just starting out at, in wrestling business, you're not going to get immediately paid the contracts that people that Vince McMahon hired and other professionals in that degree because you have to be you have to build yourself up it's just like a work resume yeah that that's the yeah, absolute truth and that's even an, in an ongoing uh structure today too you know but i think now in current times the independents are are, are you know arguably as popular as what you see on the mainstream now. I mean, yeah. you see people popping up on a on AWC, yeah. um, War Horse and Kid Bandit and all these guys. But you know, they're they're pretty prevalent on the independents. Um, but yeah, you what what you know? A lot of people think that when they first tuned in to watch WWF, uh, Hulk Hogan was already this. You know, he was this big name made in WWF, but he was actually just wrestling independently on the on the territory, just like everybody else. Yeah. and then, Every, Everybody had to start at the bottom. Yeah, interesting thing about Hawk Hogan is that uh, was it, is it Rick Flair or Hawk Hogan? But one of them had uh, ownership of their character and, what, and catchphrases with that character, too. 
yeah, that's I'm not I'm not too sure. I I would imagine uh, Hulk Hogan if anybody would actually have ownership, and I know that that's a tough thing. Um, I know Cody Rhodes he didn't have ownership of his last name, so if you watch AEW for a time, he was coming out as the American Nightmare Cody, and then he recently just got his last name back after a battle with WWE. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird how, you know, ownership of the taglines and the marketing that once you left, they still have the old marketing for another five or ten years. Yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon, I mean, you got to give it to him. He's, he's, a, he's a smart businessman. I mean, you know, he was five steps ahead of, of everybody, and yeah. I'm sure this was all by design. True. Um, you know, a person like Vince didn't get where he is now with with being a dummy. So, yeah, he still he still comes up once in a while, but we don't see him as much as he did when he was promoting in the nineties and eighties. Uh, well, you know, age is catching up. I mean, it's True. it's catching up with all the people that we grew up with. Yeah, you know. All the people that you want to see or had fun memories of. It's becoming like they're aging out of the system. And once they age out of the system, it's hard to get back in, really. Now it's just more than like yeah, those yeah. For nostalgic reasons. Yeah, I mean, right there at the end of Ric Flair's WWE run, it was it was a little bit tough to watch. Um, just going back, watching them in, in the 80s, early 90s, mid-90s, even as early 2000s, and now, you know, currently, I mean, he's just, your body just gives up. I mean, these guys put their bodies through a lot for our entertainment, you know? And also, back then, the uh, safety was less pelvin than what it is today because they sustain a lot more injuries and the antics that they use let's just say antics is a lot more damaging to the body while today you can actually you actually see less impact you see whether like going in dodging or they put their knee up or stuff like that that you know it's part of the uh, training they receive in doing so. Yeah, um, I think that it's, it's it's just a difference of the era. Uh, back then, they were not to not to say that wrestlers now aren't committed to their craft, but I think they were so much so back then that um, the disregard for their opponents' well-being wasn't there so much, but. You also have to remember too that in the '80s and '90s, they come from a time where um, where painkillers were heavily used, and you see a lot of the wrestlers dying now from heart problems. Um, but now, currently, you know they're they're they obviously care. I think as much, if not more, for their opponents' well-being and health. Um, I mean, it's it's just a different time. Yeah, it's like they uh, reverse the stunt work and actually do step by step in action sequences in the ring and how to do it in a way that's both entertaining but also safe for the opponent or safe as much as possible. There's still things that can happen. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they've they've definitely honed their their craft. And I think that we're just seeing the the product of all these many years of wrestling and, 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 and practicing and trying to figure out yeah. better ways to do these moves. And also, I think that there's the modern medicine is a lot, a lot more advanced these days to where they're able to take care of their bodies afterwards, right? Yeah, and if there's like a major injury, you know, they will actually yeah. take, They'll be gone for two to three years, depending on how much they heal or if they ever get back at all. Because sometimes they might not, well, they might still go back because they're still on contract. So even after the injury, they have to uh, balk with that. Right, right. 
Yeah, and, um, you know, when they do get injured, I don't think that it's as uh, severe as in years past. I mean, do you, do you remember when Owen Hart did the pile driver to Stone Cold and he famously broke his neck? Yeah. Right? And Stone Cold was gone for a, lo- a long time. I mean, they don't do that type of pile driver anymore. And when they do it, they're they're actually just a lot more aware and careful. It may not visually look as pretty. Yeah as that Owen Hart pile driver and like it's actually doing damage but in the end right i mean it doesn't matter it's yeah. you don't you don't want that guy to be injured exactly so like when you two the sequences in the ring now you like take the arm put it down and then guide your body in it so when they try to flip you you're already rolling into the action of being flipped or something like that yeah. So it's less yeah. odds of you're, you know, taken by surprise and just flipping you and causing injury that way. Right, right. Yeah, and, like, obviously accidents happen and yeah. you can't really help that, but you can do your damn best to... Um, minimize what the risk is. To minimize. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And even regular wrestling, well, I... Th- even like Olympic type wrestling with me, I still feel, I feel like there's even less injuries there just because of how they do the, the interact with the moves anyway. It's more I would say so. And shove and different stances like that. I would say too, and it also helps if if your opponent doesn't have like this this like um like like this like intent to hurt you yeah which i don't think that anybody really does but you never know yeah you know you can see if they have the intent you call foul and try to break it up yeah right yeah you know back then you probably had the intent playing they probably took it too far playing playing the villain or whatever character they were being portrayed as yeah, um, if you were to go and watch the documentary, and I, I don't know if you have the Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Have you watched that that I documentary show? That. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah, so there's a lot of interesting stories, and as I said, it kind of confirms what I was saying about they just come from a different time, and I think that back then it was it was an every man for himself type of thing, and they didn't care about the next guy. They just wanted to get ahead. And, yeah. That's where you saw, I think, all the real injuries start 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 to happen. And you know, it's, back then, is there? I don't only really seem like I don't see much accountability pointing the, the blame. Like usually, like early days of football, they were like decades later trying to go back and do accountability. I don't only really see it here. It's like. They knew what they're getting themselves into, so they accepted it more back then. I'm not seeing push um, to it for like accountability and lawsuit or anything. Yeah, but I mean accountability on whose part? Vince McMahon's or the wrestlers? True. You can't really put a blame to a particular person. Yeah, you know, I mean, in hindsight. You know, Vince McMahon is the guy that's orchestrating stuff, right? I mean, he he wants this to happen, that to happen, and he puts these guys in a position, and this is back then, to either do it or we'll get the next guy, right? And yeah. this guy feels obligated. He's like, you know, I don't want to go back to the independence. I'm getting this big contract. You got to do it. Um, I think there were very few cases of anybody that actually turned, turned them down. I mean, yeah. back then there wasn't much compared to what we have now. True, and there might be something in the contract we don't see, you know, like risk to injury or, you know, something like that. You don't really yeah. know. Absolutely. So, let's go back a little bit. So, like, you enjoying wrestling, what was the moment that you first start watching it? So the earliest memory um, that I have is all the way back in WrestleMania 5. Um, at that time, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were the mega powers. They were they were a tag team. Um, and Hulk Hogan started, or Macho Man started getting mad because 
Hulk Hogan started not really messing with Elizabeth, but you know, Macho Man was jealous. So it culminated in the match. The mega powers explode WrestleMania five. Um, I remember that match. Um, and this, you know, I don't really want, want to say this, but when Hulk Hogan won, like, I cried because I was so happy that the good guy beat the bad guy. And like, I was a kid at that time. Yeah. But that's, that's my earliest memory. Ever since then, I was hooked. Yeah. And that for me, uh, you know, I had a father who just watched wrestling all the time. He still watches it to this day, you know. You know, I would watch, I don't know, when I was six, he was always having it on, like, Mondays and, I think, Fridays, SmackDown and Raw. And then he also, yeah. I eventually found wind of, like, Impact Wrestling, so I started watching that. And then doing mm-hmm. my, I think, like, eight, nine years old, I started watching in my room instead of watching yeah. it in the living room. So I would gauge my entire week. I was like, this night, this wrestling comes on. This wrestling, this night comes on. And I would watch, like, Impact, all the WWE. And then also watch a bunch of the old reruns of WCW. Now, did you, um, were you, were you old enough to watch the Monday Night Wars, as they were called back then, when Monday Nitro versus Raw? Yeah. It was, like, at the time with DX. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that. in like the NWO. Yeah, it was fun. That that to me, I think, um, was the pinnacle of wrestling right there with the Monday Night Wars with when uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was still there, when The Rock was still there, when the NWO was still yeah coming up. Um, transition of the talent. That 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 to me was. wrestling yeah and you know i would i actually found that impact wrestling was actually a lot more entertaining than i thought it would be i sometimes found it even more entertaining than what the wwe was at the time like compared to raw and impact wrestling i found impact wrestling was better than raw smackdown was still pretty good i think the program with smackdown has actually been very consistent raw has been up and down for me yeah, if you're talking currently, then yeah, most definitely. Um, I I think that impact why why it was so in pardon the pun impactful, um, was because it wasn't an, an alternative to what we were seeing. I mean, we 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 saw WCW for so many years, saw WWF, and like all the spinoffs of WWF for so long. That's all that we had, and you know, here comes Impact with some people that you may not know, some people that you did know. And it was just it was just an alternative, and I I think um, that's exactly why AEW has been so successful right now because it's it's like the impact of our time. It was the like mm. alternative, right? It wasn't uh, wasn't Impact wasn't also nicknamed TNA? I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, correct. Um, TNA, I think, was just the the on-screen name because it's 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 back to Impact Wrestling now. Yeah, um, I loved it. You know, I remember Jeff Hardy and you know Matt Hardy, the Sting. I they would like vividly remember who they were, what they did, and then I also had a friend that would talk to me about it. So, you know, he was really excited. You watch this episode? Da da da. Did you see this? So yeah, I did, and we talked a little bit about it, and we conversed about it. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Just, you know, he's been my friend for years. Didn't really have much to talk about with him, and when I heard about wrestling, it was a good opportunity to talk with him a little bit more. Yeah, um, I I think that it's it's tough for uh, people to find other people that are as excited about wrestling as as you are, or as as you think that you are and i know that for me it, it is it is really tough too um you know they're they're very f- uh, few and far between um but yeah i mean that's good that you you found a friend that you could you could talk with wrestling about that's always good to get it out every week well 
the thing is, he was more excited about wrestling than I was. I would watch it and watch it just because I was watching it. I would get, yeah. like, I was just, like, watching it. He would get involved in the story and all that stuff and get into very Pacific. I was very general. Like, uh, yeah, I watched that match, you know, stuff like that. That's what, that's kind of what my perspective is. I always been, like, yeah. I always watch, it's always been in the background, or I will, like, tune up and watch the story and know a little bit what's going on and keep up with it, stuff like that. Right. Yeah, he sounds a lot like me then. <laughs> Because I think that I get a little too involved in wrestling. But hey, it's, I mean, it's great. There's nothing else like it out there, right? Yeah, uh, I found it to be, I watched it like a year and a half based on my program, and then I just stopped watching it because I found that I could just watch any random episode and still present all the information I need. It's just kind of weird because. They recap so much, or the sequences you just know a little bit and tells you the entire thing. The way they paste it, yeah, well, now it's like you can watch it out of order and still know what's happening. Yeah, um, and I think that it comes down to person's personality type. I think because I I have a very obsessive personality, right? So. Not to stray too far off our main topic, but with comic books, I um, I can't read just one comic book and then maybe jump to the next one. I, I definitely need to fill in all gaps. And by that, I mean, if you pick up an Avengers book, like I also need to know what every character was doing at that time. So I've actually stopped buying new comics in 2008 and I've gone back 30 years or so and bought all the trade paperbacks and I'm trying to fill in every single gap as I can that's that's how I I watch let's say AEW like I need to watch AEW Dark I need to watch Elevation I need to watch the vlogs like I need to know every single aspect of it like every week in consistency or consistently but that's the same way but Uh, he would watch the all the uh, the WWW no WWE app and get all the content catching up and he he like read all the articles and based on like oh yeah they're gonna do this story because of this reason they're gonna he was basically uh. almost able to predict the matches based on what he reads based on what they present ahead of time. Hey, I mean he it, it keeps your brain occupied. He still watches it. That's. I think wrestling for him is always, he always enjoyed it. He'll always make time for it. He, yeah, he I mean, hey. He was when he was a child, so. Yeah, uh, who was uh, who your dad's favorite wrestler that you can remember growing up? Uh, I don't, he's a fan of all of them. I don't really think he had, like, a particular character. I think he connected more with the older characters and, there's a disconnect with this new generation of wrestlers. I know that for sure. Yeah. It was like a combination. I'm with him on that one. He liked. Yeah. I'm with him on that one. I, I, once the Attitude Era was over, um, I think I got as far as like NXT and not too far after that. Once John Cena was, you know, was the main guy, I kind of stopped watching WWE. And I stopped watching wrestling for a while. You know, I watched TNA and I watched some independence. And with AEW, I'm, I'm back. But I don't really watch too much WWE. Like, I know what's going on. I just don't focus on it. Yeah. I, I, I still certainly watch it. Uh, most of the time, I'm in the living room and he's in the background. And I watch a little bit of it. No, I'll probably mostly now is just I'll watch a particular match that I want to see of the stars yeah. line up against each other. But that's usually what's keeping my interest at the moment. It's just a particular match right. that it's like, well, do I wait to see the match, or do they come up and then actually have the match later? That's the choice I make sometimes. If I'm not watching anything like anything else, I'll stay to watch it. Yeah. So basically, it's just it's got your attention you're just not obsessed over it like you're 
your dad is. I don't think my right? dad's obsessed. He doesn't have to watch it, but he watches for the pure enjoyment of watching it. Gotcha. And he likes keeping up with the story, and then my, it's kind of funny because trying to explain to my mother what's going on and she's dead as she's so disconnected what's going on so what did they do this when they <laughs> yeah. just done this and I was like and then she's telling him yeah they were doing this storyline with this storyline like yeah. had a, had literally play back the previous build up story in the previous weeks and the tagline yeah. and the timeline and just like well what's the point of explaining it to you you don't watch it enough yeah, I think you definitely had to have like grown up with it to really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I literally, you know, I think I appreciate it from the sense that it's always been a part, and I, it's still a part of me. It's always still been there. It's never gone away. So that constant exposure gave me, gave me like a, a niche area, not necessarily to connect to, but like. It's like okay, this is not half bad. It's this is not bad to consume time when I'm not doing anything. Right aspect. Well, and also it's good. I'll tell you what, I noise too. Yeah, I uh, I have a full time job where you know I spend anywhere between fifty to fifty five hours a week working. But I I probably watch between AEW and all the all the all the like off shows um, and Impact and some independents. I probably spend about ten to twelve hours a week watching wrestling, and then yeah. you know you throw in like all the vlogs. Mm-hmm. So I definitely definitely put some time in watching it. Oh yeah, my dad also puts all the time into the business and uh, working all the long hours he does. Another thing he's been really weird, he's been on TikTok and watching Facebook animal videos. It's like, oh gosh, I get <laughs> animal videos, but the TikTok, oh gosh, I don't even get into TikTok. Yeah. Oh my god. Same gosh. here. I don't know, he's like gone into the persona of what TikTok is. It's like, are you, a, are you having a midlife crisis now and you're a teenager? What's going on? <laughs> right. But he's more adept with technology than I would say most parents of this generation. Which is not bad. It's just, you know. It's that inspiration yeah. to know more, I guess, what's what's filling him up. He's seen all the right. TikToks, what people are doing. He wants to be, con- he be, be part of it by watching it. Which I think has been his entire the entire reason why he was he's watched wrestling as long as he is. It's been a part of him for so long that he doesn't want to give it up, and his it's exactly. his main comfort that he likes. Like he doesn't watch much That's, TV, and, but wrestling is one thing he watches consumes more than anything else. Well, hey, that's not a bad problem to have. No, and with me, I feel like I belong to so many different. Uh, things that my time is spent whatever day I choose to be spent with. Right. And, uh, I think from my perspective, with TNA, I felt I was more edgier, so I can connect to the story more. Even if I haven't, like, watched episodes from it, I'll just watch it from that current point and keep up what I usually do. I think I was more interested in that more than the WWE at the time. Yeah, and as I said, I, I think it was it was just something different, uh, fresh, you know. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. So what is like a particular sequencing in the ring that's actually really hard to do? Like a, a particular move set going in from the ring and and people involved oh shit I, I, I think I, I think that any move I mean you see a destroyer mm-hmm. and to me that's geez that's one of the I mean it looks difficult you know I mean your partner definitely has to be in sync with you or maybe like Adam Cole's Panama Sunrise right which is basically a variation of a destroyer as well um I mean that that looks tough. Um, 
anything that that Penta or um, Ray Phoenix do. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys are just crazy athletes, and everything that that, that they do is really, really just impressive. And I just wonder, you know, uh, how that anybody could do any anything that that they do. True, you know, it's kind of interesting to see how they do it when you go behind the scenes. They, you know, that you have the promos that they do to build up the character and all that stuff, but you also have like more hours in the ring training than anything else, and then the weightlifting, of course, and the exercises and all that. But it's really more involved than what people might think. Because now you also go to the 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 fundraiser events, Make a Wish Foundation. You have the different autograph sessions that the WWE wants to offer and connect with the audience. Give all these different ways to grow the merchandise with the character too, like T-shirts, the action figures, the video games, and sign of sort of being that growth. I think the outside of the wing is just as important as inside the wing because that still can continues the branding of who you are, what the character is, and what the story is telling at that current point. Yeah, I mean that's the absolute truth. Um, you know, they're not only trying to appease their fans on TV, but they're also trying to connect and get brand new fans for the people that don't watch TV and that are maybe not know who they are. Oh, yeah. They're, you know, they're they're always constantly trying to get a, a, a brand new fan. And also with WWE, um, I feel like in Impact Wrestling, they're so genuine with the branding is that you really don't see as much scandals as you have with Hollywood actors, they really stay uh, out of the news kind of stuff. Like they'll come up once in a while, but like you don't really see much about in the news like you see Hollywood is. The negative press, you know. Yeah. Um, what you know, what what people need to need to do and like be aware of as well is that um, these these guys that are on TV, you know, they've already got contracts, they've got merchandise, they've they're they're good to go. But what they'll tell you too is is always get out there and support your go support all these independent companies, all the guys that who who, who you might see one day on. TV. I mean, their their journey's still trying to get there to the big time. They're trying to get a contract, and they're not making a you know a whole, the whole ton of money. They're carrying around all their merchandise from one show to the next. They're trying to connect with fans, and you know those are the guys that we really got to support and get to know. And and they're they're mostly active on social media everywhere. You know, they're they're fairly. Um, I guess they 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 seem to interact more with the average guy than you will have interaction with like a like a big time star who yeah has fifty million followers on Instagram compared to the independent guy that has a thousand yeah you know it's also that big distinction that that fan base that they're trying to establish is like the pioneer that they're trying to get the access to. Because that pioneership yeah, basically brings who they are. That, oh, I have a following. Even if it's a small following, you can slowly see how that following can change or s- stabilize. Be the same, too. Yeah. Absolutely about that. Um, you know, I mentioned him before, but Kid Kid Bandit. Oh, yeah. Who you see from time to time on, yeah, you know, you see him from time to time on AEW. Um, but, you know, he's pretty active on Twitter. And recently there was a hashtag that trended that was uh, uh, sign Kid Bandit. And it was, it was geared towards Tony Khan, the owner of AEW. 
you know, I mean, he's 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 trying to make it there too, you know. But in the meantime, he's still on the independence. In fact, in six days, I'm going to see him in my uh, hometown fight on an independent show. Oh yeah, I'm not you know, I mean, AEW as much. I know it's like uh, a couple names like Dusty and Cody, CM Punk came on there. Other people got on there. Bert. Brian Danielson. Uh, I believe Mark Henry is in the... Mark, yeah, Mark Henry's a commentator. Um, Big Show's a commentator. Um, JR's a commentator. Taz is a commentator. You know, there's all, there's, there's all kinds of guys. Christian is over there. Yeah, he is. I remember that. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he fought Kenny Omega, whatever months ago, and beat him for the the Impact title, which is now currently around the waist of uh, Moose. Hmm. It's kind of interesting because I I think they have a good potential to reach out and steal some viewing ship, and it's going to take some maybe another five years where they actually get super big. In my opinion. Yeah, they've they've uh, beat WWE quite a few times, mm-hmm. um, not not consistently, but they they have beaten them. Um, but yeah, I mean they've grown pretty huge in the short time that they've been a company. Oh yeah, but it's pretty impressive actually. Five years, you can get them to be really consistent at beating the other company. Yeah, they've they've got some work to do, and you know um, they're you know they're. They're kind of a different company than they were in the beginning. Not not really sure um, how things are going to play out, but and I think the the biggest problem though is, in my opinion, after watching them since the since their their beginning, is that I think they have too many toys and. They, in the toy box, you know, they're, they're kind of starting to push away or they're kind of starting to bury the guys that have kind of been there from the, the beginning. And now you're seeing, you know, like all the new guys that they keep getting like Adam Cole and, um, just, you know, Brian, Brian Danielson. Um, so to me, in my opinion, they just kind of have to be careful and remember the guys that got them to where they are now. Yeah, basically, a rebranding you know? is what they need. They rebrand yeah. and actually yeah. change the story up a little bit. They can probably push more favoritism and hit the old roots and go back on the new guys as a way to inch, like maybe build them up with the older guys and then have a journey that way as well. I'll tell you what, they, they they may not want to, but WWE had a good thing with Raw and SmackDown in that Raw had their own guys on one show, SmackDown had their own guys on the other show, and they rarely mixed it up, right? They just kind of kind of stayed in their own show. That one show had a champion, this show had a champion. I, I think with, with, with AEW... They kind of follow along the same thing. Like one show has their champion, the other show has the champion. Maybe one show is all tag team, the other show is all singles competitors. You know, I mean, there's just a couple things that they need to do because they're they're kind of going the way of WCW now currently, and it's kind of it's kind of scary just because I don't want to see them uh, fail. You know. Yeah, you know, they don't, they're not a Vince McMahon, they just create a show and just, out of nowhere and keep it going for so many years. Yeah. Only time will tell. <laughs> True. Uh, going on that, um, with the audience and the connection to the show they watch in the independent sector, in the independent sector, what do you think are good companies for a good start that go on tour kind of thing? Oh. 
Um, I would say PCW. Which which I don't PCW. Uh, they're game changer wrestling. Oh, okay. Um, but they they kind of fall in between. They're the independent, but they're you could also find the pay per views of their company on uh, Fight TV and other uh, streaming services. Um, PCW is Nick Gage's company that you know that he's he's been a part of for a long time and i mean i recently watched their last pay-per-view from a few weeks ago and man it was it was amazing you saw the return of, of x-pac you saw jeff jarrett versus joey janella you saw um just just some craziness but nick nick gage is um He's pretty awesome. He's going to go down as one of the best. Okay. Yeah, I think from my perspective, pay-per-views are really interesting because it's a way to generate them income but also watch the spectacle, what that special show is. And for me, my yeah. connection's always been WWE. I've always watched mm-hmm. almost all of the pay-per-view because that's just how my dad was. But, yeah. you know, I haven't really had that experience outside of other pay-per-views that's not WWE, because I don't necessarily, uh, limited in money and funds, and also, I don't seek pay-per-views out as much, and I know pay-per-views is actually one of the biggest selling that original program can offer because of the exclusiveness in that pay-per-view that you see. Right. The the thing about the GCW and their pay-per-views, um, it's almost like how like if you if you ask, not 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 every basketball fan, but certain basketball fans, mm-hmm. a lot of them prefer the college basketball over professional. And they'll tell you it's because with professional, you're they're getting paid whether they yeah. give it a hundred percent or ten percent, right? College, they're really trying. With the independence and the GCW, they're the, 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 those guys like are the college basketball mm. of wrestling. They're they're really trying. They're putting on the best show possible. They're giving it their you know one hundred and ten percent for you know minimal amount of pay and 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 to me like the independents are are um as entertaining as what you see on wwe AEW, or, or impact yeah uh i probably need to seek it out more just generally speaking with uh my taste i just know that i don't know i'm what would you recommend for someone that is like coming in and want to watch all the wrestling they can and just be immersed into it? Um, I tell people to go back and watch AEW from the beginning because to me it was um, it was a breath of fresh air. The other thing too is I would go in your hometown and figure out what all the independent companies are. Um, uh, start, you know. Uh, seeing what all these guys in your hometown like I don't know just go and check out a match at, from your from your com- from whatever company is in your your own, your your own town and uh, start there or if you if you want something that's you know halfway between independent and a big company go watch G- GCW I think the pay-per-view is 20 or 25 bucks and it's about it's about a four hour show or so so you get your money's worth and you s- oh wow pretty good action more than the uh, WWE pay-per-views usually like, like two three hours yeah also yeah. very affordable because and- usually fucking Wrestlemania is like 60 bucks yeah see that's a little bit ridiculous it, it, it's a bit much and you know some people can pay it but yeah for me I'm with you on on that one, it's like the um, UFC pay-per-views. They're like like sixty-nine dollars or so. 
way too way too much. Like, I'd rather go watch MMA in person. That's some independence, as I said. Well, I, well yeah. Well, with the MMA mixed martial arts, I think it's a lot more hype in the action. So they actually in that market get that enough audience to enjoy that match for for the for that yeah. company. Yeah, I mean, people want to go and watch events in in person, and probably won't wouldn't cost you that much either. No, it's just it costs that much in travel, depending on where you go, because sometimes they're not always near you. Right, depending on your um, yeah your town. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Also, uh, with go back to paper pay per views. A way to reach more audience. So they are basically free advertising for the brand. And when they exclude, you know, offer that advertising in the people, they get a lot of new people coming in. Because a lot of times people will see the trailer and might be interested, who never watched it before, and actually be interested in that particular pay per view. And once they start watching it, they might. It's like that ticket access to have that person now invest into the brand itself after watching it, possibly. Especially if they're right. a fan of wrestling. You already know that if they paid for it, more than likely they'll uh, have that interest of wrestling at heart. And then if the match is very if the pay-per-view is very successful, it could drive them to learn more and be more fully invested. Right, and it also helps too that we're in the day and age of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and if you go on any wrestler profiles, a lot of times they'll start advertising that pay-per-view, right? And and maybe you'll see somebody say, we can't announce anything, but you're going to be blown away by what we have in store or something, right? They're going yeah. to try and drag you in, so... Um, that's also why I started watching the... PCW because of all that buzz and it paid off. You know, like as I said, X Pac came back and when's when's the last time that anybody seen X Pac anywhere? Uh, I don't. You know, it's been a while, right? You know, like with me, most of the character names, I'm not good with names. I remember the face. I remember what they did. And the nah. name, for me, the name just goes back. Or I, I might say, oh, I, that is familiar, but I don't remember when I when that name was applicable in my life. Yeah, that that's that's probably attributed to my obsessive personality. As I said, I remember all these little details and stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's good to have that, like, uh, information overload kind of thing that other people might say that what it is. Yeah. I think from my perspective, wrestling, the entertainment wrestling, is really entertaining just in itself that it has a sort of concrete storyline that you can easily follow and see who's the bad guy, who's the good guy, and see the progression, how it's told, and what they do, or, you know, coming in the match, making them lose, and then... They build it up, and then they at the the pay per view event facing each other. You know that type of road building in story is what I guess really keeps fans intrigued because it's playing on the visual element, but also playing like saying what the narrative is in that storyline. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's um, the absolute truth. You know, it's easy for anybody to jump in. Um, if you're not the type of person that cares what was going on weeks before that, they they do do a good job of recapping sometimes of of why we got there. So yeah, you know, you 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 do you can jump in at any point. Um, but then again, too, if you really want to know more, you, you could always go back and watch old episodes of something and, you know, start from there. And that might cause you to go and watch a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Right. So. 
And this is not like a, it's a, a book that you have to read in, in chronological order. That's not usually how the episodes are really played out. Usually the episodes are played out in a rough cut way, meaning that it gives you the content, gives you the wrestling, gives you the matches, builds, and so the the, the progression of the storyline is slow enough that you can capture in the previous episodes and still keep up to date. Right, and in the end, it's it's almost impossible to go back to the very beginning because we're that'd be like saying that I want to know exactly uh, how uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin got here versus The Rock. Well, to, to do that, you have to go back back when he first yeah. got in that independent ring, right? You know, in the early 80s. So yeah. that's impossible. But yeah, you know, you, you just pick a jumping off point and go from there. True. Or you could be that diehard fan that does that. Go back. Like me, yeah, there you go. Getting on the journey. <laughs> Find yeah. like the, the uh, whatever website telling you all the appearances of that person on TV or in this particular yeah. sector and which match they did. Those wicked right. fandoms all are dedicated to that stuff, so people can find the information hey. pretty easily. Yeah, and, and the other thing is watch a documentary. Oh, yeah. Documentaries do pretty good of, um, of chronicling the the way the way these guys uh, started, and you get a quick a quick um, you know uh, history lesson. Yeah, and also with documentary-wise, like, they will cover very main points of what that that era was like. They'll include, like, very key moments, very key matches. Uh, right. They'll do, like, 50 to 100 names, depending on what the documentary is about and how yeah. they will do it. The top, Like, sometimes they do, like, timeline documentary. This happened, this happened when this happened. Mm-hmm. And this character did this and this pay-per-view and do it like yep. that, and how the uh, they came about. Yeah. Also, I really think that with the documentary genre, you get access to so much more information you would have maybe watched in the episode itself. Yeah. Um, a a quick disclaimer on me though, mm-hmm. and I've mentioned this on on my own podcast before too um i was talking with a guy who's been in the business for quite a while and i told him i said that i'm i'm well aware of like all the ins and outs maybe not to the full capacity but like i know what's what but i kind of don't like to um know like i don't i don't really like so much when they pull the curtain back and you really see what's going on and all this and that like i like to to go about my time watching wrestling in like ignorance yeah like i want to watch it for what it is i don't really like to know too much you know like i told them i said i want to believe in a santa claus uh, still when i watch wrestling you know it gives me that entertainment but I know what's what, but I just kind of choose to yeah. suspend disbelief yeah. and, and watch it. You basically set yourself up like, well, I'm aware of this, but cannot yeah. connect the dot to this. So when I watch this, the two don't overlap, and I can still enjoy yeah. it as is. Yeah. I get what you're yeah. saying. Some things connect, yeah. some things don't connect, and the things that do connect are like very small trivia that's like, huh. I didn't know that was connecting like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's like I don't want to have a baker tell me the process that he used to make the bread. 